Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Broadcasting live from Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Squeltering day here in New York City. Temperatures in the 90s in Manhattan, but you know what? We got you covered, getting ready for fantasy football as we push towards kickoff 2018. It's about 200 degrees inside the studio. I understand that that is my fault. I will fix it the best way that I can. (laughs) Blame Corey is the mantra. All right, so let's get into it. Obviously, yesterday we had the big mock draft. I don't think it's been posted yet on the FNTSY YouTube page, but we're going to get into that, and we're going to start off talking about that also today, obviously. Listen, the people are talking about it, and it's a big story in sports. We're going to hop into it. Um, I, the big news yesterday was Demar uh, Cousins. Demar, Demar Cousins. Who the hell is Demar Cousins? Uh, Demarcus. I thought Cousins. that was a nickname. Demar- <laughs> Your nickname for him. Demarcus Boogie Cousins is his nickname. Yes, Maria Marino. Yes, Thank yes, you very is. much. He signs with the Golden State Warriors. So obviously that's been something that's been trending on Twitter. Want to get a couple of opinions on that, but first let's get the telephone number because we got to get you on the horn today. Keepers, whatever the case may be, got to get that done. Draft strategy, whatever you need, we got you covered. 844-843-6879. Telephone number to get involved on a turmoil Tuesday. Got a lot of beef, so anytime we get into beefing, make sure Maria Marino's in the studio. <laughs> Wall Street, Matt Medica in the corner. Kennedy sitting right here lounging, chilling out. Let's bring in the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. Jake, what's good with you, big homie? What's up? Uh, actually, the the real reason it's 200 degrees in there is because you have those two pretty ladies sitting next to you. Oh, there you go right there. Look at, I love how Jake's already trying to get on my good graces. You know... <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Matt Medico, are you in the good graces of the All-In Kid, Jake Seeley? I don't see why not. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Matt, what's good with you? How's everything going on this warm day in New York? It's hot. You know, just, yeah. just trying to stay cool. I got my uh, Trenta yeah. XT lemonade and uh, you, pretty Matt, brutal in here. Let me, Matt, when you was growing up in Staten Island, did you ever think it would be a day when you'd be drinking Trenta iced <laughs> mochiatas? No. I, I honestly never did. <laughs> Matt, it seems like people are like shutting down little yeah. stands nowadays. I thought right? he said Trenton at first. Trenta, it's a Trenta. I don't listen. I, 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 I became hip to it about six months ago. There you go. Is, 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 it, a, is it a good beverage? Does it refresh you? No, the Trenta is the size. I would always say. Oh, day. okay. And she's like, I'm giving you the bigger one. All right, like, cool. What do you mean the bigger one? What's, what's oh, the bigger she one? likes you. And I said, "Is this a new thing?" Yeah. She's like, "No, we've always had this." All right, <laughs> so cool. it's like that kind of. Not, is that an iced coffee? It's a bl- unsweetened black tea lemonade. Okay, unsweetened black tea lemonade. I drink like tons of iced coffee in the morning. All right, so cool. Everybody has a beverage except for myself. <laughs> Let me hit the first break out, get out, and get to the beverage. Um, let's start off with some football. In a couple of minutes. I want to talk about. I want to hop in the seventh round of this draft right here that we said took place yesterday, this mock draft. I think the seventh round is pretty interesting. A little bit later on in the program, we're going to get the, uh, the young homie, my man Chris Venture, going to come upstairs. We're going to grade his team, give him his grade on the mock draft, you know, critique him, get him a chance to go back and forth, whatever, take our critiques, explain his part. 
So we'll do that with Chris. That should be a good time. Shout out to everybody downstairs on the fourth floor. Thanks for rocking with us. PJ, JP, whoever it is, if it's Bavone, whoever's on the board. When, um, I don't have the G chat up, so if we get somebody in my ear. Uh, all right. Already, huh? Someone's in your ear. Already. All right, so cool. <laughs> so we already got a couple phone calls on deck. Y'all stand by. We'll get to y'all shortly. Um, and once again, if you want to join those dudes on deck, 844-843-6879. Matt Medica, first pick of round number Seven of the draft. First two wide receivers, wide receiver 34 and wide receiver 35, was Marcus Goodwin and, Marcus Goodwin and Jamison Crowder. Talked about this, touch on it briefly yesterday. I would take Crowder over Goodwin all the time, two times on Sunday. But when you look at the Goodwin pick specifically, I see, I don't know if Goodwin should live in the seventh round. That's where I'm at with Goodwin right now. I understand he had some moments last year, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I'll be 100% honest with you, I don't like him in seven. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm a Bills fan. I watched him in Buffalo. Look, maybe he's progressed in his football career. He's a track star. Uh, you know, speed is not the issue here. But I would have taken Crowder. I find it kind of odd how Pierre Garçon went at the end of the seventh round. Exactly. I think that's what's interesting to me right there. Jake, uh, Marcus Goodwin. Listen, when he popped last year off the wire, Jake, did you pick him up? I actually owned them a little bit before that. Uh, but the fact is, it was in a deep league, and I was just stashing them because there was another option on that team, and we knew that the change could be coming. Can we at least get It's Marquise, not Marcus. Oh, I got I got that wrong? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's, uh, he thinks he's French, I guess. Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> yes, Marquise Goodwin. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy. All of a sudden, you we, fancy man. We talked man. about it yesterday. You're from New Orleans, too. I guess. <laughs> Leroy. Uh, what uh, up? 100%, 100% with Matt. 100% with, you know, it's fine. Like, this was kind of a homer pick, but also the, the, the weird part about it is, to Matt's point, Pierre Garçon, who is the target reception monster that he is, is on this team healthy and went later in that round. So it's not just even Jamison Crowder. It's the fact that his own teammate should be higher in a PPR. All right, so Jake, let me ask you this. JC, Jamison Crowder, last season dealt with the hip, dealt with the hamstring, kind of slowed him down. Listen, the places where I was drafting him, I was pulling him up the board in some instances last year. He really let me down. The team that I had JC on did not make the playoffs, and his uh, lack of production was one of the reasons why. Coming back into this season, he says he's fully healthy. Everybody agrees that Alex Smith is like kind of the perfect complement to Jameson Crowder's game. Are you willing to pull him up over a guy like, say, a Robert Woods or a Will Fuller? Mm, and a PPR, I would. And a PPR, I definitely would. Will Fuller, you know, I don't like Will Fuller no that doubt. much to begin with. And the fact is, let's be realistic about what he did in those games. 13 receptions in four games and seven touchdowns. Like, really? Like, anybody out there really think that's sustainable? Like, come on now. But the fact is, if you look at it, it's not just Alex Smith. And I actually have been going through the numbers for a new article that I'm going to be doing about the tendencies for quarterbacks. And Alex Smith actually doesn't attempt a ton out of the slot compared to most quarterbacks, but he completes the th- the fourth highest percentage of them. So when he does go to those guys, but that's Alex Smith. He's a high volume or not a high, he's not a high volume. He's a high uh, target percentage type of guy in the reception. So you see the rapport already building with Crowder, and that's why I like Crowder to have a nice value in PPR. I still like Doxon as well. But I think that everybody needs to pull Crowder back up to where they were giving him two years ago. I, I agree with that. I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna pull him over. Uh, guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Devin Funches, I'm not no. gonna go. I'm not gonna go no. that high with him, but I do think he should be slotted ahead of Will Fuller. When you look at the tight ends that go in this round, um, uh, Miss Maria Marino, right quick. 
We got Kyle Rudolph goes in this round. Jimmy Graham goes in the seventh round. And Evan Ingram goes in the seventh round. Evan Ingram was a guy that had a breakout season last year in his rookie year. He goes as tight end five in this draft. Now, when you look at that New York Giant offense, um, Eli Manning has a lot of weapons. You get, yeah. a, you get a healthy Odell. You get Saquon Barkley coming out of that backfield. I don't know if it's enough for Evan Ingram to sustain the kind of numbers he had last year. I don't expect him to. I mean, we have to remember that last year, Evan Ingram was more of a receiver than he was a tight end, and that's because of the injuries that you had uh, to the Giants with Odell Beckham Jr. going down. Sterling Shepard went down with an injury. I mean, there was just so much that the Giants had to adapt to. So as a rookie in a tight end role, his his um, volume definitely increased. But I did like the potential that we saw from him. I think we are still going to see him for tight end standards be a, a tight end one, you know, and 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 be actually a, a strong contributor to the Giants offense. We'll see, though. Everything, you know, maybe the run game, having Saquon there, might actually open everything up for the receiving core. All right, Matt Medica, let me ask you this. Evan Ingram in the seventh. You like that? If you're on the clock, you pull the trigger on that? I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think that's about where he's going to go. Yeah. Uh, I'll agree. You got, I mean, you got Shepard if you have a full season of Odell, and if uh, Barkley is catching a ton of passes, I'm going to think that he's going to pull back a bit. I mean, it was a great season. But like Maria correctly said, the run game, if it is effective, could open up a lot of things for him. I did say last year after the draft, I didn't think he was the most talented of those tight ends taken, but I thought he would have the best season because of the opportunity. And... He's athletic. He is a wide. He's basically another wide receiver. Right. He's not really a tight end. Jake, when you look at the tight ends that go in this round, Ingram, Graham, and Rudolph, I would put Rudolph as the first tight end. I would take him. He was the last one to go in this round. I would make him the first one to go in this round. I don't like Jimmy Graham in, in Green Bay, even though I'm a Jimmy Graham guy. Still think he got a little bit left in the tank, but Aaron Rodgers in the tight end, it just don't, it just don't work for me. Rudolph is the best tight end pick of this round, right, Jake? No. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Evan's going Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, well, the truth about Evan Ingram is the fact that here's the same thing. It's, okay, so D- Dane and I got in this debate on Roto Experts last week in the morning, and he was saying, I don't understand how you could like Corey Davis to be a top 25 wide receiver and still like Delaney Walker, too. The pie goes here and the pie goes there. Del- you know, Corey Davis is going to take some away from it. People do that way too often in fantasy, and it's a mistake. Is The pie is not one size. The pie can get bigger. If you look at what Marcus Mariota did last year, his pie can get bigger and grow with Corey Davis and not kill Delaney Walker. Similar to Eli Manning. Eli Manning, just because he has Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley back, doesn't mean he's still going to have another down year. Will he get back to the 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns that he had two years in a row? We can only hope. I, I'm not expecting that. I don't even have him projected for that. But the pie can get bigger, and Evan Ingram can still have a slight decrease but not fall off and all of a sudden be a tight end yeah. 10 instead of a tight end 5. He can still catch 700 yards and five touchdowns, which is right around what he did last year. 844-843-6879, telephone number to get involved. Also, don't forget, roto Express exclusive edge package for fantasy football for 2018 on sale now. Use the promo code ALLINKID, give you a season-long uh, guide through Jake's rankings, articles, projections, Everything that you need to win and dominate in 2018 is right there. Promo code all in kid. Put a couple of dollars in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Corey, that was so weird. What was weird? I haven't talked about NFL. I haven't analyzed anything to do with my Giants in like months. There I've you been go. so I, wrapped I, up in the world of NBA, even a little WNBA here on Fantasy Sports Network. That was interesting. I feel like I was just using some muscles, some some brain cells I haven't really used in a while. You did a very good job too. I did? Yeah, uh-huh. 
You thought so? I, th- I thought your I, I thought your analysis. <laughs> Do I kind of know what I'm talking about? I like a little your bit. Analysis right? was spot on, to be Thank honest. That's well, why Mojica I, agreed. That's why Jake I came agreed. to you first with uh, for, for Ebron. Well, Jake didn't really agree. <laughs> Jake said, "I mean, it's Ingram. Thank you very yeah. much." Jake didn't really agree. Jake said, "It's not piece of the pie that the pie can get bigger." I that's agree. not yeah, really that's an true. agreement. That's right true. There. That's true. Eli well, likes his tight ends, so we'll roll. I'll agree it. that the piece of the pie in Tennessee can get bigger. With Tennessee, you know, they're they're moving away from the Smash Mouth as a whole. There's a new regime in town, and they should be a more pass happy team. But I just don't see how Delaney Walker disappears from this offense. All right, there you go, right there. I um big story yesterday in the world of sports was Demarcus Cousins, Demarcus Boogie Cousins, um, who ended the season early with the New Orleans Pelicans because of a, a ruptured Achilles tendon. Seven-foot big man, probably the best big in the NBA. He joins an already stacked Golden State Warrior squad on the mid-level exemption. Jake, I'm going to come to you for this first because a lot of the people that I'm excited about this, right? I don't think it's a problem. Of course you are. I don't think – I don't have a problem with it. But I'm not looking at it as a rooting standpoint. I'm looking at it as the NBA in general. A lot of people are saying that – my man Hatch texted me and it was like, that's a CS move. Uh, CS being a a blank blank. You know what I'm saying? A – I yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, you got everybody yeah, got keeping you, up. All right, so cool. He said that's a that's a that's one man show me on the same page. He said that's a CS. Excuse me, Maria and Kennedy. He said that's a CS move. Jake, people are saying that this is bad for the NBA, and I'm like, you need teams to villainize, teams to root against. How is this bad for the NBA? Well, that that crisp strawberry move that we just saw. Yeah, this was the fact this cousin's going there. I understand the complaint. <laughs> I understand people like, oh, they're going to go 82 and 0. And what's the point? They have an all star at all five positions, which they legitimately do now. And if you look at the past three all star games, they have multiple appearances by all their players. They have actually more appearances than the other people in those spots combined on that team. So I understand the frustration. There's a couple different ways to look at it. On the cousin standpoint, let me take that real quick is I understand why he did it. The fact is the Achilles injury history of the NBA is abysmal. Most players don't come back from it very well. Our best case scenario is Wes Matthews right now. And he's not even that great. Not that he was DeMarcus Cousins to begin with, but he has a drop off. He's about 80% of what he used to be. And if Cousins does get back to 100%, it will likely be 2019, 2020. So I understand him taking the one year I'm proving it. I'm getting back to 100%. And now he can kind of hide, quote unquote, with the Warriors and increase the probability of a nice max contract again in 2019-20. So I understand that. The basketball aspect of it, it is frustrating, but it's frustrating because uh, people don't like what the Warriors did to begin with. It was the fact this was a championship team that added the second best player in the NBA after already winning a championship. So people are frustrated in that aspect. But where I'll come at it from a little bit different angle is I don't think it necessarily is bad for viewership because people love to watch teams to hate. They hated watching the Yankees and they were on TV all the time because people hate dynasties. People forget that the Bulls were hated as not not the fact that they hated Jordan, but they hated seeing them be the favorites for every single year that Jordan was playing. But people watch because you're looking for somebody to knock off that team. So I understand the frustration, but I don't think it's going to be the death tell, the death hole for the NBA like everybody's making it out to be. Maria, you are very upset about this situation right here because you feel this is that this is bad for the game because you I've never seen you this passionate about a, about about a topic. Why is this bad for basketball? I I, don't have, I, don't, I think this I is good know. for I, I I'm a little um hesitant to even start launching right now because you're going to take a break in 2 minutes. 
I got two quick well, points. Well, so I'm, I'm like, I, I, I can't. I have so many things I want to say. All right. And I can't even begin to formulate. I don't. And I'm not saying it's the death of the NBA. I don't, I don't believe that. It's just as a competitor, I just find it really off-putting. All right. So here's two quick things. You, I saw this morning. You got to pay. It's minus 185 for the Warriors mm. to win the championship. Right. That's crazy. It's right. minus 185. The win, that, that's insane. That's not even even money. You lose that's money if, you bet, if they win the you championship. You have to put up. That's, that, for people that don't know, you have to put up $185 to win 100 Yeah, that's to win the championship. And it's July, what, 3rd now? Yeah. Whatever it is. That's insane. The second thing I'm going to find that's going to be really confusing is seeing Corey with a LeBron James Laker jersey. <laughs> and I, don't know how, I don't know how that's going to play. Touche, touche, touche. <laughs> Good call right there, Matt. Oh, a little bit torn, but dub dynasty it shall be. When we come back on the other side, right? So when we come back on the other side, we want to do a couple minutes of football. We want to knock out Steven Mass and get Bob of Vermont right quick. Maria Marino's going to unleash. Rock with us. Got plenty unleash. of fancy football talk on the way. It is the Fancy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio on a Turmoil Thursday. Let's go. most important thing you can do today. How about swab to save a life? Every three minutes in the United States, a person is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia. Bone marrow transplants give patients a new lease on life, but 70% of them must rely on a stranger for one. You can help. Register with DKMS to become a donor. You'll receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. Take the first step. Become a hero. Register today at DKMS.org. Hey, 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 hey. Turmoil Tuesday, FNTSY Radio. Get it cracking in here. The third day of July. Tomorrow's the fourth, but it's going to be some fireworks in Studio 34 right now. Ha, 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 ha. exclusive edge package on sale for 2018. A couple people on the telephone lines got you coming. So, I don't have no beef with the Boogie Cousins things whatsoever. What people don't also... Remember the narrative about Boogie Cousins is that he's a team killer, a coach killer, a cancer in the locker room, and, you know, he could very well tear the whole thing apart. That could be something that happens, too. That's why I'm like, let's just wait and see what this is. Let's not be as foolish to say that this is ruining the NBA. Maria Marina, the comment that you put on my Instagram yesterday was gross. And I'm like, I was going to come at you on that, but I was like, you know what? I can't wait till I see her be get in front of a microphone and do it. How is that gross? I think it's image, very exciting. It's an image to me that, like, just makes me sick. Oh. And, I'll, and I'll tell you another one. Like, I'm talking purely from, like, this innate competitive drive, okay? Like, the idea of, for instance, being in the Hamptons and having, like, Steph and Clay and Draymond going like schmoozing with Kevin Durant to try to get them on his team. It just doesn't sit right with me. This was like basically, I mean, I want to say it was a rival. I mean, the series that they had the year before was really intense. OKC should have won it and they didn't. They didn't pull it off. And then, you know, Kevin Durant goes and joins with them. I mean, you know how I feel about that move. 
I think that's, in the end, still the most egregious and the worst move that I've seen, and it's far worse than, you know, it started this whole spiral, okay? So the following year, we get into the postseason, and the Warriors run the table until the finals. They finally lose a game. They win. Kevin Durant's your MVP. La-di-da. I'm a diehard NBA fan, and I was bored by the playoffs last year. The playoffs were excellent. Now, this, no, 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 I'm not, not this, Past most recent, not this most recent. I'm talking about two years ago. Two years ago. So this past season, the NBA got a chance to respond. Okay, so the Warriors add KD, Houston goes out and gets CP3, and it's like, wow, maybe there's a team that can possibly contend with the Warriors. Okay, we talked about it all season, and sure enough, it was a great series. Went to seven games. It stinks that CP3 got injured. And, you know, they lost an opportunity. They shot abysmally in that game seven. But at least it went to seven games. And if you looked across the rest of the postseason, we had a lot of really cool storylines. I mean, Cleveland wasn't a lock that they've been in previous years. Um, We saw the Pelicans step up and do some cool things. So it was a lot more exciting. And then you got to the finals, and then it was terrible again. Um, once, Once that game one went down, it was terrible again. My whole point is that now... The finals are going to be even less interesting. And for somebody that likes basketball, this is supposed to be the most interesting time of year is the finals. This is supposed to be the pinnacle of entertainment. And it is the exact opposite because now you have a team that has five all-stars in the starting five, probably. Like, I can't even, you have 15 of the, like, top players in the league, right? And five of them are on the Golden State Warriors and there are 30 teams in the league. This is basically like fielding Team USA. Team USA and then the rest of the NBA. And I, I, I know that Boogie Cousins is not healthy right now. And I know that he has a reputation, like you said, of not being a team player or being somewhat of a cancer. I don't know about all that. All I know is he gets along with these guys and they're going to be fine and if he does get even to 80%, you said, okay, he's at 100%. He's the top center in the league, right? Gets to 80% Second. with four all-stars and multiple MVPs on his team. Like, what else do you really need? All right, two, thing, two things right quick. You know how we always talk about shooting your shot? The Warriors got DeMarcus Cousins for the mid-level exemption, $5.3 million. The New York right. Knicks are paying Mario Hozinga the same thing. The Warriors said, you know what? We don't have a lot of money to get him, but we're going to shoot our shot. Fellas, always shoot your shot because you never know what can happen. Jake, the second thing, if it goes down like Maria says it's going to go down, you know what's going to end up happening? The seeding in the NBA playoffs is going to be the top seed versus the six-team seed, and it's going to be both conferences together. We're not going to have Eastern and Western Conference playoffs. We're going to have one big NBA playoffs. That's what's going to end up happening if the Warriors build this super team. Then this way, we get that finals that you want. That's what I think is going to happen, Jake. No, no. So you can do – like okay, so a couple things here is while I agree it's frustrating from somebody who's played sports and competitive standpoint and all that type of stuff, at the same time, 
I'm never going to fault a player for going where he wants to go. I don't fault players for going after money when they want more money. I'm not going to fault somebody for going for somewhere where he wants to go and he wants to chase rings. I mean, we've seen this throughout the entire history of the NBA. I mean, people go back, uh, go back to the Bulls example. They got Dennis Rodman, who is arguably the best defender and one of the top players in the league at the time. They got Tony Kukoc. And I know that wasn't an all-star at every position because they still had Harper and they still had Kerr and stuff like that. So it wasn't like they were fielding five all-stars. But at the same time, we, it's not the first time we've ever seen this. I'm not going to fault trade, them for doing that. It? Wasn't Rodman a what? trade? But either no, Rodman came over after he was with San Antonio. But either, but the point being, I'm just not going to fault players for doing this. And the problem is, this is honestly kind of an anomaly with the Warriors. The reason this happened is because the Warriors drafted so well. They got the three, real, three of those five players were drafted. Can I? Right. Can I build on that point? Well, hold on a second because I want to attack. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to because I want to okay. tackle real quick what Corey was asking about the playoffs. We don't. We reseed, but don't reseed, period. You, we still have eight from each conference. Then you can reseed in the playoffs. Then you, I, I have no problem, and I actually kind of like that idea. Once the playoffs start, one to 16, but you still need the eight from each conference because you still need people who are playing each other because if you go back 10 years, we were making this argument about the East versus the West, and we should have had bigger you know, nine, 10 teams from the East versus you know six in the West. So don't be reactionary and change things just because it's skewed right now because in five years, it probably won't be. But if you want to reseed once the playoffs start, I actually really like that idea. Matt, free market economy. Players yeah. can do what they want to do. Look, they part was the draft. It's an attractive team. People want to win. I mean, if I if I had the biggest beef I could see here is the OKC fans. This should have been them. That, you you're right. That threesome. That should have never been broken up. Because they that drafted been, that threesome. Yeah, they had that. And they should have added. That would have been attractive for people to come. And you could have got mid-level exemptions and stuff like that. So, look, it, I, I agree with Jake to the point where you don't want to get too reactionary. Because, I mean, they did this in the, in the NHL back in the day. Yeah. Where it was just like the open 1-16. to 16. I mean, for me, it, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I would try and keep it the same way. You would try to keep the conference? I'm, I'm a little hesitant to change things up as well because things do change. It's going to take time, and maybe we haven't seen the imbalance quite as much as it's been now, but in the Michael Jordan days – the East was way stronger. But I wanted to go back to Jake's point about um, the Warriors starting with the draft and building their core that way. And I respect them and don't, for that. And also, don't forget, Steph Curry's shaky ankles allowed them to they, – they got Curry on the cheap and it allowed them to break people, bring people in because we didn't know what Steph was going to be because of his consistent ankle injuries. So it's the bottom line is they drafted well. Yes. They they uh they they got Steph they got Clay Thompson they got Draymond Green in the later rounds which is a great pick, um and so I don't blame the Warriors for landing Kevin Durant I do not blame them in the slightest I blame Kevin Durant for making that decision I'm sorry that to me I will never ever be okay ever See, with I, that and it I'm with you actually on that. I don't hurt the product the following year I don't care what anyone says those Warriors pre Kevin Durant. We're so much more fun to watch. You can't argue, like, the way that Steph plays, that, that was a brand of basketball we have never seen before. He changed the entire context of the league. He changed the game. And then you bring in Kevin Durant, and it's like, oh, Steph Curry had to kind of take a step back. And what we saw when Kevin Durant got injured, how great Steph was again. He should have been an MVP candidate again for a third straight year. 
okay, then the next season comes around and we see these flashes. We see these, these games of Steph being magic. And, and sometimes we still get that. And in, you know, in the finals, in the postseason, we got a lot of really good Steph games. Like if it wasn't for that one game where um, he, he had like, I think he had 12 points, he would have been the MVP of the finals. And I would have been cool with that because that's the type of basketball I want to see. But like now you're taking it a step further. And DeMarcus Cousins, like, again, you got a right to do whatever you want to do. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Kevin Durant has a right to go there. He has a right, DeMarcus Cousins, to play for Warriors. And I'm supposed to like it? Like, I can, I can feel about this however I want to feel about it. And that's what you get when you're a public figure and you make these moves. And I tell you what, he knew there was going to be backlash because he conveniently you know, told uh, Mark Spears about his whole, like, free agency, um, lack of offers, whatever you want to call it. I really don't buy it. And, and, and I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I'm not going to speculate, but I just, I'm just going to say it's a convenient excuse for him. You want, you want to say something, Jake? No, I was just going to jump in. She doesn't have a headset on. She can't hear me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because I was talking. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, nobody else jump in while you're talking. Yeah. I, I love this rivalry. I, I it's the best saying, rivalry. Jake and Maria is the best rivalry in sports. Forget no, Yankees and Red Sox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was no. going to say the one part no. where it completely makes sense and I understand is the Kevin Durant part of it more than the Boogie Cousins part of yeah. it because the – because as soon as he went there, they were they already won a championship, right, right, right. and he went there. That that was that's what left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth, and that's what has everybody so I, frustrated. I feel like I'm reopening old wounds. Maybe that's maybe that's what this is. I don't well, know. But back, here's the thing: everybody goes back to the Celtics, who are the truthfully the ones that started Start, this, yep, and yep. then we have LeBron with the Heat that started the the real. I mean, he took it to another level. But let's look at both of those situations. Don't those weren't championship teams? Exactly. Exactly. Had, this was a, a different. This was a different level. That the Warriors team were a completely different caliber than a Heat pre-LeBron or any of those other examples. All right, 844-8436-879. Listen up, my man Steve in Massachusetts. I'm sure you bring the football talk back. Um, I got one when we get after Steve, I got something for you, Maria. Go okay. ahead, Steve. What up, Steve? Hey, what's up, Corey? How you doing? What's cracking, my man? Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays to you too, man. Hopefully you get to enjoy it, have a couple beers or something, kick back, relax. I, I, I guarantee uh, you that's going to happen. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, my man. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, ask you a question. It was about, like, the first round. Because in our draft, so we have, like, ten guys, and we actually, like, pick from a hat as, as like, uh, so he, you pick your, your name, and then you get to choose, like, where you want like where you want to pick between one to 10, I would ask you uh, preference. What would you guys rather do? Would you rather have uh, take a chance to get one of the top four running backs or uh, wait later and get like uh, Antonio Brown or like one of the receivers? Like, how would you play that? I want to get one of the top four running backs, Matt, what you want to do? Yeah, no, I'm going to take like pick number one, especially in the 10 team. It should have come back to you so quicker. Jake. Uh, it's a 10 team. Yeah. A 10 team. I probably take third. Just because then I could, because this is kind of a different tier for me of safety, especially if it's a full point PPR. It's the David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell talk early, and then you get the quicker comeback. Uh, but I mean, in a 10 team, as long as you have one of those first four picks, I'm okay with it. All right, there you go. Everything that's that, that's how we play it right there. Here, and I like Corey, it. Real quick, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Get Maria's thought on, thoughts on this too. This, this is how you fix it, in my opinion. Okay. Get rid of max contracts and keep the salary cap because that's the problem. Is the max is keeping this as an option. If you opened up the max contracts, got rid of it, and then you have Steph Curry getting 40, 50 million, LeBron James getting that, and you have two players doing. You can't even get a third. Like this could have stopped Kevin Durant to begin with because unless Kevin Durant's going to come and play for 10 million versus staying where he was staying <laughs> and make it four times that. I no, think part of the problem is the max. I like your line of thinking, Jake, because I do think that the NBA has begun to take measures to sort of avoid this like stacking of super teams by giving players incentives to stay with their current team by allowing them to make more money that way. But when you want your when your motivation is to win rings or to chase championships, you don't care about that money. And so you saw yeah, Kevin Durant. Well, that's no, no, why listen. you play the game, though, to I, win the championship. I know, I know, and I, agree, and I agree with you. I agree, you but my, all I'm saying, 30. I'm not saying that's a problem. I'm just saying that it's not enough of an, an incentive. Like, so, for instance, Kevin Durant, if he had stayed with OKC, he would have made more money. So, um, but I do, I'm, I do think that the NBA needs to explore other options within that because... I, I don't, I mean, you know, in the end of the, in the end, we're still talking about it. The NBA is still going to get viewers because like Corey said, you know, people like to hate teams. The villain, the NWO. But, but, the NWO. I think, but I think it's starting to get <clears throat> to a point where it's getting a little volatile, where people are like straight up angry or, or like people are really divided about this. Like this is, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's, get, it's getting to a bigger level than we've ever seen. People I feel are, like this I, is I, unprecedented. I, I, people are divided. Donald Trump is the commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're forgetting somebody here. I think uh, I saw on you know Twitter how LeBron played those chess moves. Look, look, the owner of the Cavs was an idiot for letting LeBron basically trade guys to the Lakers, set them up, and hamper his team. But But even before that, Kyrie Irving got the hell out of town. We talked about it last year. How he was not going to be a prisoner to LeBron James. There you go. Now he's in Boston. Boston has a very bright future. And who's really going to stop them? I mean, maybe. Well, look at next year, Matt. He's already talking about he wants to play with Jimmy Butler. The, The two of them, you know who has room for two max contracts next year? The Chicago Bulls with a bunch of young talent. You know who else might be able to find a way to do so? the New York Knicks with Perzingis. So, I mean, you could go, you could take over the East with with the ball. It's just so crazy. Like I, this is the type of year, the time of year that I actually like, I don't look forward to because of stuff like this. I just feel like I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I, I know it's totally naive. I just like, you know, the NBA season and we're playing and everything's good. And then in the off season, everything gets turned upside down. And I just like, I can't handle it. I, I'm I going wanna, off the ledge here, you guys. I do want to see the Lakers get bounced in the first round. <laughs> I almost feel like LeBron might be the only hope now. Like somehow, some way. Yeah, Listen to me. All this, Some, no, mean, come on. Really this is, as I said, this is Miami. a this is a very different situation. But still, he went with Dwayne Wade. He got boxed. They really put the. I, you know what? It might have started some beat. sort of trend, yeah. but this is this is to another level. Yes, it's but to my, another level. But this is where it or. This was the origin. But I and I was with you and I, I got won over by LeBron just this season. I was never like a huge LeBron lover before that, but like I almost now feel like he has become has has become this sort of figure of like maybe he can somehow save the day. Maybe he can somehow like figure it out and if maybe not this year, maybe next year, the year after to dethrone these warriors. I would like to see him go to Houston. 
That that was I, I don't hate LeBron. He's fantastic. Also, except for that stupid thing, I'm taking my talents. But yeah. whatever. Listen, Once upon a time. I just want to say one more thing because I'm gonna get out of your guys' hair after this. Are all rings really created equal? Oh, I don't want to hear the all rings created equal thing, Maria. Don't give me that. Yes, yes. A championship think, is a champion. Do you I think what LeBron did in 2016 and what Kevin Durant did in 2017 are they equal in your mind? Well, listen. He played Kevin. Dur- LeBron James came out the Eastern Conference. There you go, right there. And the Eastern Conference at, is, at, is JV compared to the Western Conference. All rings well, are created equal. Well, now he's in the West. So guess what? Haters can shut up if he wins in the West. Always a good time when I see an impassioned Maria Marino. Thank you very much. When we come back, send my man Chris Venture upstairs. Got a full segment of fantasy football coming up. Get the homie Venture up here. Be greatest draft from yesterday. It's the fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Why pay high rake when you can play daily fantasy baseball and pay half the rake on Fantasy Draft? Featuring half the rake GPP and head-to-head contests, exclusive VIP experiences, and the most flexible lineup structures in the game, Fantasy Draft is the only DFS site that puts players first. They're also the only site to offer 6 of 7 PGA scoring, dropping your lowest golfer's score. Register today with the code FNTSY for a free $4 entry into a guaranteed winner contest in the sport of your choice. Fantasy Draft, daily fantasy on a level playing field. July 3rd. Remember, July 3rd. People are talking about it by the water cooler. We're going to talk about it on the frenzy. But we got some good football coming up for you right here. 844-8436-879. You want to get involved. Yesterday was the big mock draft. Let it, let it bang a little bit, Floyd. Turn it up. You know what I'm saying? Having a good time, Venture. How you doing? I'm good. Chilling. How you doing? I love the glasses and the chain, the whole thing. The yeah. Whole, the whole Venture swag is just... Today's a good day for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. happy. I'm did feeling that, good. Did you do that thing over the weekend? Yeah, I did the thing. That, I did the thing, yeah. Oh, so I'm engaged. Yay! Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. Where's the confetti coming down? <laughs> Congratulations, Ventra. That's it. I'm hooked in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For life. All, so he said yes. I'm very happy to hear Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she cried. Oh, she cried. She said yes, and she yeah, cried yeah. and all of that? Yeah, she cried. Wait, wait, how'd you do it, if you don't mind? We, we were on a boat. Oh, a boat. A private charter around the, uh, around the city. All right, cool. By the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And dinner. All right, and then when Hanging you do out. it, um, I popped it right by at like nine o'clock at night on Saturday by the by the Statue of Liberty. All right, cool by Statue of Liberty yeah, on the All boat. Right. I didn't go on a knee though. You didn't? Oh boy! You want to know why? Why you didn't go on a knee, son? Because I would have fell off the boat. I, you, we were you, we were on the fr- on the front of the boat. Yeah, and you're really not supposed to sit there. Yeah. So and we were hitting waves, so it was rocking. So if I got on one knee, I would have fell right off the boat. There was no, nothing no. holding me down. Well, if you fell off the boat, it would have been, been no the marriage. It would have been in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been no wedding. It would have been know? a complete disaster. So. Well, congratulations, my man. Congratulations. Thank it. you very much to uh, you and your lovely yes, lady. Congrats, Thank you. And I'm uh, um, very, uh, very happy for you. So thank you. Um, Good um, Hundred yeah. years. No doubt. No doubt about that. Um, and Christopher King in the chat says that Kennedy is not enjoying herself. <laughs> Chris, you're correct. <laughs> Poor I actually had to hear about it in the break. <laughs> So, so, Kennedy, so I'm Chris, the only one that's that's listening to I'm on a boat while he was talking about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kennedy, Chris Ventura is getting married. You going to congratulate him? All right, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, so she's not impressed. <laughs> um, I just said I just feel like you should have got on and figured out a way to get on the knee, but I guess she was cool with it. She was cool with it, and she understood. 
I kind of threw it in as like a joke thing. You know what I mean? She I laughed and then she cried. I didn't uh, get on a knee. Neither. You didn't get on a knee either? I came home from, uh, it was Thursday night. March Madness had begun. Nice. I was in the city with a bunch of people. We got, you know, pretty. Pretty banged up. Pretty Inebrated. banged up. I came home late night. And, you know, once you saw the blue box, you really didn't care about me getting on a knee. No doubt. No doubt about it. <laughs> exactly. Right? right exactly. And so congratulations, Chris. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's get ready to break down in, um. And uh, and and grade, and we're gonna grade your team right here. So your, your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. You took Jimmy Garoppolo in round eight as the ninth quarterback off the board. You leave Kirk Cousins. Carson, whoa, let me count. I'm like, am I counting the wrong way? Yeah, you Cousins leave, went before me. You leave Jared Goff on the board. You leave Andrew Luck on the board. Patty Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Phil Rivers, yada yada yada. But Jimmy Garoppolo is your guy, right? Do you think that you pulled the trigger too early for him? Um. Well. You know what sucks? I had the 8-9 turn. I have the 6-7 turn. So, no doubt. You want to turn. I get it. You know, when you drift and you say, like, the 8th round, it was the end of the 8th round, so it's really, like, the beginning of the ninth round. I'm not getting another chance to draft him again until the end of the 10th, right? I would have taken Garoppolo where he took him. Yeah, so I don't think I would have got him at 10-11 turn. So I had to make some reaches with Josh Gordon, with Marcus Goodwin, with a few other guys. All right, so let me ask you this, Venture. Are you going to be all in on... On um, Jimmy Garoppolo this year, like a hundred percent of your fantasy football teams, are you gonna have Jimmy Garoppolo as your Gucci Garoppolo as your quarterback? I'm gonna say no because I, I think that people are even gonna reach even further. Like in my home league draft, somebody's gonna take try to take him in like the sixth, the yeah. seventh. I could see it happening. People love him. Right, what do you think, love Matt? Him. Uh, my question here is something: Is would you go Mike Evans or Doug Baldwin? I think that's the question we got to ask now, especially with Jameis missing three games. I skipped Baldwin. Or do we just go Evans Baldwin here? I mean, I, I, I mean, Gordon's upside is is immense, but you can factor those two in. I skipped over Baldwin in the draft. Baldwin went in the third, uh, went two picks after you took Gordon. Okay, yeah. So I really wanted Thielen there, Thielen and Gordon, but Thielen went to Scotty, the King took him right before I, I could grab him. So I said, you know, what? I want to go Mike Evans because. Uh, I think even with Fitzmagic in the first four games, he's still going to do well. He's done well with him in the past, right? Um, so. I but, think he'll get a ton of targets. I'm more, I'm, my question is more about Gordon. Doug Baldwin. And Gordon? Well, I'm saying, would you have to, I mean, Doug Baldwin, to me, just seems like he's got the floor and the ceiling this year looks super exciting. There's nobody else there. I'll, I'll tell you, if it was a point-per-reception league, I probably would have went probably Crowder, like you said, instead of Goodwin. Yeah, I would have did things like that, but it's half point, so that's I'm more true. about the I'm, touchdown. I'm, I'm always on yeah. that. That, uh, I usually play PPR too, but I was thinking half point my whole time during that draft. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go for the higher upside guys rather than these big time receptions guys. I'll try to get one or two in there, which, you know, I got, um, you know, Mike Evans is just a monster. Josh Gordon's a monster. I got some running backs that are point per reception guys like Sony Michelle, you know, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell obviously is a monster in the PPR league. So I got a good mix, I think, you know what I mean? Of those high upside, big target guys that get touchdowns and then some receptions guys. Jake, let me bring you in right here. Alex Collins, Sony Michelle, and Carlos Hyde will compete to be the RB2 on this team. He also has Kenneth Dixon and Ty Montgomery that he grabbed a little bit later on. Le'Veon Bell, the rock solid, no doubt about it, RB1. Who do you think ends up being in the starting lineup more for this team between um, Collins, Michelle, and Carlos Hyde? Alex Collins. 
the, the fact is, is, you know, that's what you have to do when you're drafting at that spot. But Alex Collins is one of the most efficient, effective running backs that there was last year. So I know I joke about it. And Matt's even referenced when I joke about it. It's always the running back you don't expect or don't want with the Ravens. But like this time, it seems that, you know, there's beat reporters saying Kenneth Dixon could get cut and not even make the team. Uh, Buck Allen's definitely better in pass protection and pass passing game in general. But that doesn't mean that Alex Collins can't be what, you know, what we've seen from some guys who just aren't involved much in the passing game about a thousand eleven hundred yards six or seven touchdowns guess what that's going to be a solid high-end rb2 even in ppr not everybody has to catch 40 plus passes i mean wasn't um collins pretty much all his damage was done in like eight games last year and i'm not going to extrapolate over the, the season but i'm saying he did a lot of damage in pretty much with uh equaled half a season yeah I felt like the Ravens. Yeah, he, he wasn't. He wasn't starting until week eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he didn't really play, and you know he was able. What did he finish last year with? Nine seventy something. Oh, you're you're saying like where he finished despite only. Okay, yes. I got you. Oh, okay. So you're saying he played really well for his time. I'm yeah. saying yes, without being a pass catcher and all that, and this is a half point PPR too. So. Right. Right. I think that's well, a solid even a full, to your point, Matt. Even in full point PPR, he was still RB nineteen. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I have him uh, inside my top twenty of running backs. I, I like the pick here. I have no qualms with that. What do you think? Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, where do you think I made my first mistake? Uh, I probably, when the initial thing that stood out to me was Crowder over Goodwin. And then I saw Pierre Garcon went at the end of the seventh round. I'm thinking he's going to be the guy in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand you're going for upside and all that, but I think Garcon's probably more of the known product. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason, well, something that struck out to me uh, with Jake said before is that now, can't, why can't somebody get a bigger piece of the pie? Why can't the pie be bigger, right? So you got Goodwin, you got Garcon, you got Kittle. These are going to be the main weapons on that offense for Jimmy, right? Passing-wise, right? And, and they're going to pass to the running back. Uh, Kim McKinnon, yeah, he'll get his, his targets, right? But mostly Pierre Garcon and Goodwin. That's what I see here. No, I mean, I agree with yeah. pies can get bigger and teams can, but you have to have that offensive philosophy you have to have like where you see the titans were smash mouth football right and now they're changing that uh you know what's his name tyrod taylor never threw a lot in buffalo they had a great offensive line to run the ball they right. no longer have a great offensive line in buffalo and now he's in cleveland so maybe he things can. change right yeah. maybe he throws the ball more say he is the starter and he keeps that job and they want to be more of a pass oriented team i don't see that happen where his numbers are going to go his attempts are going to go that high up. I think everybody would agree the main thing is that, that, that Goodman range. But listen, if that's your guy, you're on him. you got three people in that offense with Garoppolo, Kittle, and um, and, um, and, uh, and, Garcon. and, and Goodwin. And Garcon. Well, you don't have Garcon. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. I will I say, Goodwin, even back in his Buffalo days, he was on – you couldn't cover him. He just – back then he didn't catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, he was dropping – he was chopping a lot of passes. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. Last year, I think they had a good connection. Those two. I do really like the Quincy Inouye pick. I love the Quincy Inouye pick. I love. I was going to take Inouye this round, too. But I thought he would come back to me. But obviously, you was up on that. I do love the Inouye the, the pick. And, um, Jake, you're down with Inouye this year, too, right? Not especially. I, I'm not, like, in or not in on him. 
I just figured because he was out all last year, everybody's way down on him. I think late in the draft, that's a, it could be a steal, possible no, steal. Just, you know, I mean, impossible, but anybody on that team could be. It could be Robbie Anderson. It could be Jermaine Curse. It could be Terrell Pryor if he gets healthy and doesn't like looks anything like he did two years ago. No, you're so, right. No, I'm I'm not attacking a new one, but I'm not avoiding him. I mean, you know, fourteenth round, sure, I'll take him a couple times. Yeah, he's a flyer. I do like you know your number four and five receivers. I like Kenny Galladay. That's my thing. You know, I think. See, I just don't know how that. Passing offense is going to turn out. I know Tate's gotten the receptions pretty much every year in Detroit, mm-hmm. but I mean, we saw what Marvin Jones could do. We, we, I mean, Kenny Galladay can make that next step. So I'm, I mean, does Tate take a little step back? I know Jones was uh, infringed upon a little with Galladay in there. So I mean, I don't, I, that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that all plays out. Well, that's why I, for Goodwin's purpose, because I know Gordon and. Um, what's his name? Uh, Mike Evans will be in there every week. Goodwin could rotate with Galladay, Anunwa, um, and I, I believe I have another wide receiver. What do you think? What do you see? The, what the thing? The problem is you got your rock solid Evans and Josh Gordon, right? Then Goodwin is going to be your three, right? And you got to put a flex in there too. Don't right. forget about the the flex. Right now, I'm thinking maybe Hyde at the beginning I, of the season. I don't know. I don't. He's got Sony Michelle. I mean, he's like got. Oh, yeah, Kevin. that's true. I miss Sony Michelle. You're right. You're right. I just don't that does, that, think I got to pass like, on Baldwin. What do you say, Jay? Yeah, again, the biggest thing I said yesterday is I thought both Goodwin and Garoppolo were too high for what else was there. And even if you're going to get your guy, there's no way I'm. T- um, this isn't the Packers. This isn't the Patriots. There's no way I'm doing the quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end all from the same team. I know that it's a risky move, but I figure I could always sip Goodwin if he gets cold. It's it's the Chris Venture stack. It's a stack, yeah. <laughs> it's a stack I like. But I understand what you're saying. But the guy that you said besides Goodwin would have been Crowder. In a PPR, I understand Crowder. But in a non-PPR, the guy, I mean, he could get you four touchdowns on the year. Like, is he guaranteed to get you a lot of PPR, touchdowns? Though. Yeah. So now, this, this is, is the 8-9 turn. You took Garoppolo first, right? Am I, am I looking yeah. at this right? Okay. Yeah, it didn't really matter. I mean, you know, Garoppolo and then it was... Uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just making sure Garoppolo went after all the other quarterbacks at. Garoppolo no, Galladay. No, my, no, my my problem with Garoppolo, Matt, and I said I actually even said it during the draft yesterday. The fact that was Garoppolo was going with Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers and Matthew Stafford, in particularly those three, still on the board. Yeah, I, I'm going for. It's a real risk. I agree with you. It's a risk, but I'm taking the risk because I liked what I saw. Stafford, Rivers, I know what I'm going to get, and Rivers could be very inconsistent. Throws a lot of picks. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know. Let me ask you this: If Garoppolo, Stafford, if Garoppolo was an Italian, would you have taken? Before you answer that question, <laughs> Goon Squad, Goon Squad, we out. We sign up on YouTube. No show tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday. Hollow. If Garoppolo was an Italian, would that have been your guy? If he if he didn't have a statue in Benson Hurst, would that have been your guy? Probably not. If he was, <laughs> if he was Garoppolo, or something. You know? I love. I that. love the guy. I love that you kept it one hundred. It was like probably not. Probably not. But, <laughs> yeah, he never has to. Yes. But, but uh, Jake, you took Deshaun Watson four rounds earlier. A guy yeah, but who Deshaun wrote, Watson is black. But nah, let me stop. <laughs> I know Deshaun Watson can run, but we've only seen a half a year him. Oh, he, but, he, but you saw in the, you saw the half a year that you dude, saw was dude. outstanding. It was correct, yeah. and that's why he should go four rounds earlier. But it's still taking the same similar earlier? risk what to what I took four rounds earlier. He no, it's not. You, you took him, oh, yeah, you took took him well, early in the, the fifth and a half or seven. <laughs> yeah. And you took him at the end of the year. All right, took him like two rounds earlier, right? 
Around, four rounds, two rounds, at best, but it's not—it's not even close. Yeah. I understand, but I'm saying they both have a half year of like actual content. Okay. Look at the half one year Deshaun Watson. Yeah, though. one has a half year of being the number one quarterback in fantasy, and the other one has a half year of seven touchdowns and five interceptions in five games. I understand that, but he still was a good quarterback per per game not as a fantasy. fantasy. He was pretty good. I had him on my team. He wasn't he did well. Good. I don't care what he did on your team. Seven touchdowns and in five floor. interceptions in five games. Seven touchdowns and five interceptions for five games is not a good quarterback. It's not good. It's not great. But it, there's so much more upside to him. And it's obvious. That's why he – otherwise he'd be the 20th-ranked quarterback as opposed to, to the, the 12th on fantasy pro. If you're going to put those two names in the same sentence, there's no point. No, I, I'm not I, saying I it like this that. this year before all San Francisco 49er games, he's going to watch Rocky first. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Jake, you can't look at it like that. I, I didn't compare Deshaun Watson to Jimmy Garoppolo. I compared their content. They're both a half year's worth of content. <laughs> oh, they were saying the Italian national anthem before the 49 games. <laughs> Jake, have you ever gra- have you ever drafted a player because he fits your your uh, your, your your generic your g- genetic profile? <laughs> No, because there's no half Polish or the European month in the I will say this. My I love father, it, though. I my love father would have been on Venture's side. There you go. I love it. I love it. Venture's like, yo, that's my man. That's my Italian guy. Yeah, I'm riding with him. I love it. Hands in my hand. There you go. Oh, man. Shout Good out time. to Benson Hurst. Shout out to Benson Hurst. I love it. I love it. I'll grab them all the time. Just, listen, I just draft black quarterback on every team, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why not? Shout I out. love Deshaun Watson, too. Yeah. I would want Shout him. out to the king. You took Lamar Jackson in the 15th. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a good That's a good, That's a good. good uh, pick by Scott. So there you go. There was no Seahawks left? <laughs> maybe maybe that's what the case was. Oh, <laughs> man, Matt, you got any plans for them all? Uh, no, I'm setting up this move. I'll probably be, you know, getting some things uh, situated in the apartment. So you got that done? I was making some calls this morning. You out to... Uh, Jersey. There you, you go. Believe it. Forty-five years, I held back. All right, so there you go, man. I'm a broken man now. Madika's going to Jersey. That's going to be the new home base for the Madikas. Oh, what you got? What you got planned, Jake, for the um, for the fourth? Uh, just some cookout with friends near the beach. Yeah, there you go. That's a good time too. Light and simple, light and easy. Uh, what you That's got? Sure. You Vincent, you got some business. You got fireworks and stuff like that oh, going yeah. down, right? Any mornings <laughs> going off? Oh, there's definitely going to be some fireworks going off Staten Island, though. With the fiancés, fam. Oh. He's going to the rock. Yeah. Going to, the, going to Staten Island yeah. right now. Um, fiancé, that sounds weird, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, listen. I got to get used to that. I don't know. I think you're ready. I think I'm ready. You yeah, I'm 30. Ready. You gave it a ring. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If you're not ready. I'm 30, but I feel like, you know, I'm still like 24. You know what I mean? Yeah, you still got that vigor. In my mind, my mindset. I'm looking to play Fortnite, watch yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. Not really go look, looking to do, you know, fam dinners every yeah. other day. You well, know you what I mean? You got to do it. Well, this, well, you got to do you it. You got to do it, though. It's yeah. part of the process now. I need, you to, I need you to make sure you treat that young lady well. <laughs> I will. I will. She's a good kid. You know? <laughs> She's a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> How, many How many years younger is she than you? She's my age, actually. I love that. She's a good kid. (laughs) His wife is a good kid. (laughs) Yeah, he's ready. (laughs) My man. Kennedy is also a good kid. Yeah, well, thank you. Kennedy is a good kid. She's she's upset, but she'll be all right. She'll be all right. All right, so there you go. Fancy football frenzy. Everybody enjoy your 4th of July, your holiday. Um, Everybody have a good time. Stay safe out there. Don't do no Jason Pierre Paul. We want all your fingers when we come back on Thursday. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
For the all-in kid, Jake Seeley for Wall Street, Matt Medica. Shout out to Maria Marino bringing it. My man uh, Chris Venture, the fanalist right here. Shout out to Bensonhurst. JP, good job. Everybody on the 4-4, thank you very much. Everybody enjoy your holiday. We'll be back on Thursday, a live edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy.